this is why we need Christmas to be so much more than just lights and tinsel and presents and mythical creatures and, you know, movies and, and cookies and all the warm, fuzzy feelings in a cold month of the year. Uh, it, it has to be more than that because all those feelings, they don't, they don't do much of any good if, 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 if they don't last, right? And it doesn't last. It's all temporary. It all goes away. And maybe all those things just make you feel worse at times because you're just like, this doesn't mean anything to me. We need Christmas to be more, and it is. It's Jesus. It's Jesus, and he's here. And, and he came near to us when we were far from him because the reality is that we're all broken, and we can't put those pieces back together again on our own. And so that's why we celebrate Christmas. And that's why we celebrate what God's doing in the lives of these women and in all of our lives. Because we can't fix our problem on our own. We need him. We need him. And that's why you're here, right? Because we recognize we can't do this alone. We desperately need Jesus. And so I, I want us to consider Jesus for just a few minutes as, as we close today. And I want us to do that from Colossians chapter 1. And so if you would open your Bibles quickly there uh, to Colossians chapter 1. If you don't have a Bible with you and you want to grab the one that's in that rack right in front of you, you can turn to page 983 in that black Bible. And, and that's where you will find our passage this morning, Colossians 1, 15 through 20. And, and as you're turning there, I, I just want you to know that we believe that the Bible is the inerrant, inspired word of God himself. We believe that God has revealed himself to us through his word so we can know him and love him and worship him. And we believe so much in the sufficiency of God's word that we don't think that what I have to say for the next few minutes matters unless it agrees with what God says in his word. We want to collectively be a church that believes it doesn't matter what I think. What matters is what the Bible says. And this December, we have been going through the descriptions of Jesus that are found in this passage, Colossians 1, 15 through 20, because if we want to understand Christmas, we have to understand who Jesus is. Okay, if, you, if Christmas has never really made sense to you, maybe this is why, because you won't truly understand Christmas until you truly understand who Jesus is. And in one of the most Christ-exalting paragraphs in the Bible, Paul says this about Jesus. Colossians 1, 15 through 20 says this, Jesus, he is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation, for by him all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities. All things were created through him and for him. This is what we're going to focus on today, verse 16, so I'll read it one more time before moving to the rest. For by him all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things were created through Jesus and for Jesus. And he is before all things, and in him all things hold together. And he is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in everything he might be preeminent. For in him all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell, and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether on earth or in heaven, making peace by the blood of his cross." This is why we celebrate Christmas, because Jesus is worth celebrating. 
Maybe you haven't really been in the spirit of the season. Maybe you're not really in the mood. Maybe you just want to get this week over with. Wherever you're at today, I want you to know that we celebrate Christmas because Jesus is worth celebrating. Two weeks ago, we focused on Jesus being the image of the invisible God. So if you want to know what God looks like, you need to look at Jesus. Uh, Last week, Pastor John focused on Jesus being the firstborn of all creation. Jesus ranks first over everything else, and it isn't even close. It isn't even close. And one of the reasons, Paul says, that Jesus ranks first over creation is found in verse 16. For by him all things were created. The wonder of Christmas is not found in lights and trees and presents. And it isn't just found in a baby being born. The wonder of Christmas is found in the realization that the baby in a manger is more than just a baby. He is the creator of the world. He's the creator of all. And what Paul is emphasizing in verse 16 is that when he says all things were created by Jesus, he means everything. Everything. So if you think to yourself, well, what about this? Or what about that? No, no, no. Not just things on earth, but also things in heaven. Not just the things that we see, but even the things that you can't see. All other thrones, all other lords, all other kings, all other authorities owe not just their allegiance. They owe their very existence to the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Jesus is the agent through which God created everything. Uh, This is reaffirmed in other New Testament uh, passages, New Testament authors as well. Hebrews chapter 1, verses 1 through 2 says this. This is on the screen for you. Long ago, and at many times, and in many ways, God spoke to our fathers by the prophets. But in these last days, he has spoken to us by his Son, whom he appointed the heir of all things, through whom also... He created the world. Jesus is the agent through which God created the world. Uh, A passage that we turn to a lot during Christmas, John chapter 1, verses 1 through 3. This is on the screen as well. In the beginning was the Word, which is Jesus, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him was not anything made that was made. Jesus is the means of all creation. And Colossians 1.16, if you notice at the end of Colossians 1.16, it goes a step further, revealing Jesus is more than just the means of creation. Paul says all things were created through him and for him. For him. So Jesus is both the means and the ends. We, along with the rest of creation, were created for his glory, not our own. This, this is contrary to popular opinion, but, but I wasn't created for me. And you weren't created for you. And, and you weren't created for the people around you. You were ultimately created for our creator, who is Jesus. And that is not a purpose that humanity readily embraces, That's not a purpose that humanity says, that sounds great. Yep, I loved denying myself and doing whatever Jesus says. That's that's not what we naturally want to do. It's a purpose that we have all 
rebelled against. And, and this is why the world is so broken and, and why we are all so broken in and of ourselves. Because rather than living for him, we live for ourselves. We live based on our feelings and our wants and desires and, uh, and I'm going to do what makes me happy. And, and that's the philosophy of our world. And so rather than listening to and trusting the truth of God's word, we listen to and trust the lies of this world. And the result of this rebellion is that we are broken by our sin because it separates us from a holy God that we were created for. And we try to ignore that, don't we? We try to ignore our brokenness. Or, or we try to mask it in some way. We try to feel as whole as possible by point, going to success or going to all these different things that make us feel less sad or make us feel less bad about our situation. But on our own, we are unable to truly repair our problem. Like a shovel that never moves dirt or a race car whose accelerator is never pressed, on our own, we are incapable of fulfilling our true purpose which is glorifying our creator. So in a move that should astonish and amaze, no matter how many times you hear the story, the creator of the world, whose authority we had rejected, condescended to the world. Jesus stooped to a level that was far below his value and authority when he condescended to the world as a baby. As a baby. And, and by the way, we shouldn't be surprised if, if a skeptic asks, do you really believe that? Like, when, you, when you hear the story of Christmas, like don't be, and we hear it a lot, so we think it's, we, it's normalized in our brains, but don't be surprised when someone comes to you like, wait, you actually, you actually believe that's true? Right? Because no other belief system outside of Christianity makes such a claim that the God who is above it all Right? And, and created it all and sustains it all, entered into the world that he had made, not, not, as a, not as a general and not as a king, but as a little baby. As a, as, a, as a baby. The word who spoke everything into being became flesh and dwelt among us. And, and so we need to be clear on this. We don't celebrate Jesus coming into existence at Christmas we celebrate Jesus intervening in our existence at Christmas. Not as a king, not as a military general, but as a baby. Not born in a palace to a queen, but in the middle of nowhere among animals to a culturally humiliated young woman. The one who holds billions of stars and billions of galaxies in place vulnerably and dependently holds on to his mother. What a scene. How can this be? This is the picture that you should have in your mind when you read Philippians 2. That Jesus, rather than holding on to equality with God the Father, humbled himself by becoming like you and me, accepting the limitations of this human body within the confines of a broken world. Get this humble thought in, into your mind. Your best life is Jesus' worst-case scenario. All right, this is as low as he could go. This is his worst case scenario. He's the creator of everything. He is the means and the ends of creation, but he came for us because we didn't live for him. The one who designed a mother's womb made Mary's his home for nine months. 
And when you look at the life of Jesus and you see him as the creator of everything, all sorts of fun questions can enter your mind. Like, did Mary blame him when she had a bad hair day? She could have. Did Joseph complain that Jesus made wood to cause splinters? Did Zacchaeus know he could ask Jesus why he made him so short? And when you realize that Jesus made the world knowing that he would enter into it, right? Jesus' incarnation was always plan A. This was not plan B. And when you realize that, there's this light bulb moment that should happen for you that just opens the door to discovering endless amazing implications. Like the fact that Jesus made fish knowing that he would use two of them to feed thousands of hungry people. And he made sheep knowing that they would represent how we go astray and how he is the substitutionary sacrifice in our place. He made dirt knowing that he would wash it off of Judas's feet the same night that Judas betrayed him. He made mouths, knowing that many would use them to shout, crucify him. He made thorns, knowing that they would be twisted into a, a crown that would crash into his skull. He made trees, knowing that one of them would be made into a cross for him to hang on. He made skin, knowing that his would be pierced for our transgressions. He made blood, knowing that his would pour out as payment for our sins. In creating the world, Jesus was creating the physical means to the spiritual ends of saving the world. He lived the life that you and I could not live. He died the death that you and I deserve to die. He paid the debt that we could not pay. He rose again so we could live. This is the gospel. No matter what you've done, no matter the guilt that you carry, no matter the regrets of your past, if you place your faith in the perfect life, sacrificial death, and victorious resurrection of Jesus and Jesus alone, all of your sins are forgiven. The righteousness of Jesus is credited to your formerly guilty account you become part of the eternal family of God because the creator of the world came to make us new creations in him. Amen, church? This is why we celebrate Christmas because Christmas reveals Jesus as the means and the ends of both creation and salvation. Jesus is not just the means and ends of creation, But when we rebelled against that purpose, he became the means and the ends of our salvation. And when you place your faith in Jesus, you are saved from living for what is temporary and set free to live for what is eternal. You are free to fulfill your ultimate purpose because you were made through Jesus and you were made for Jesus. So I I want, as we close, just to apply that thought to this week and, and Christmas. Acknowledging the birth of Jesus on a yearly basis in December is not a means to some greater ends. Of, 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 of getting presents or gathering with family. We, we don't use the birth of Jesus as an excuse to do what we value more than him. Right? Whether that's shopping or time off of work and school or baking, watching movies, all these things that we can enjoy. Right? But when you look at Jesus at Christmas, you are seeing the one you were made by and the one you were made for. There is no more valuable purpose for your life than worshiping him. There's nothing more valuable you can do this week than to worship him. 
to lead your kids to worship him, to lead your family to worship him. He came to be both the means and the ends of your life so you can give him the glory that he deserves. And I hope that's what we're ready to do this week, church. Let me pray for us and give you an opportunity to respond. Heavenly Father, thank you that when we failed to fulfill our purpose of living for the one who created us. That the one that created us came. He was willing to humble himself and to be brought low and to come as a baby and to live the life we couldn't live and die the death that we deserved. Rising again so we have hope and we have life and we can have peace and we can have joy, and most importantly, we can fulfill our ultimate purpose, which is living for your glory and not our own. And so I pray that in the hustle and the bustle and the busy schedules and all the things that we have to do this week, that we wouldn't just see Jesus and his birth as the means towards those ends, but we would realize that Jesus is the ultimate end that he's the one that deserves the glory, that he's the one that deserves the attention, he's the one that deserves our worship and our lives. So Jesus, we want to praise you today, and we want to praise you this week. We want to live for you this week. We want to point others to the hope that they can have, because Jesus, the creator of all, was willing to come, like us, to save us. Oh, we're so thankful for what you've done, and I pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen.